welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Justine. And I'm Ashley. Every week on our show, we watch a movie on Netflix, and that movie is a romantic comedy from their romantic comedy subgenre list. And uh, we watch them in chronological order, oldest to newest. Um, we're in the 50s right now. What are we watching, Ashley? Today, we are watching a movie that I am dreading Ooh. because it is before Thanksgiving. And I cannot stand Christmas before Thanksgiving. But we're watching 1954's White Christmas. You know what's funny, Ashley? All this week at work has been Christmas for me. So I'm already... There's You're nothing jazzed to read about in... Christmas. I, I'm not jazzed about it. It's just <laughs> the world I live in right now is, uh, is Christmas music and Christmas movies. It's like, that's what I'm just doing at work. I'm already in the world, so I'm sorry. <laughs> this is, I'm just like, whatever, it's Christmas. It's been Christmas for a week. I just don't like that Christmas, like, takes over every holiday in existence. Like, it even tried to take over Halloween at Target. Like, they had set mm-hmm. up all the Halloween stuff, and then there was, like, a section in the back corner. I, yeah. <laughs> that I was, was Christmas. There. I saw it. When, how early do you think they're going to start next year? Like after 4th of July? Yeah, it feels like it. It feels like every year it gets cl- like closer and closer Soon to Soon it'll just be Christmas year round. Yeah, it it'll <laughs> meet itself backwards. Like as soon as Christmas is over, they're going to restock with new Christmas items. Yeah. And you'll never be able to get discount Christmas stuff. It's a ploy. Oh. It is a ploy. Tell us about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> So the description on Netflix is two war buddies fall for two sisters and follow the girls to a resort owned by their former commanding officer who is in danger of losing the place. That seems like a lot of extra plot. This seems like like the comedy is not going to be romantic. <laughs> no, there's romance. There, there's romance. Two but guys, is- two gals. They were in. They they've got P- PTSD. <laughs> Maybe. I, I want to know how their, their former commanding officer owns a resort now. And how he's suddenly losing it. Like, how far away from the war was this? Is this, like, how long has he owned this resort? I'm very curious about that, to be quite honest. I think it's going to be almost ten years, okay. I'm feeling, in their okay. plot point. Okay. Uh, I could see that. Maybe. Anyway, the movie is rated five stars on Netflix. And stars Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye, and Rosemary Clooney. And it was directed by Michael... Curtis? Curtis? I don't know. Curtis? Curtis. Yeah. (laughs) It was at the 1955 Academy Awards. It was a nominee for Best Music Song. But it lost out to... It lost out to that uh, Frank Sinatra song. Yeah. That he wasn't credited for. Right. Did he get an Oscar? I don't know. I feel like he should have. You know, I probably not. It probably went to the writers. I don't think he wrote the song. I think he just performed it. And as we know, it all goes to the to the writers, not the performers. Who cares? (laughs) I'm just making stuff up now. (laughs) Well, that's what the Academy Awards kind of. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Truth. All right. Rosemary Clooney is George Clooney's aunt. I did not know that. I did not know they were related. Like, in real life, it, she was her, uh, his dad's sister? I don't know the specific details, but that sounds likely. Yes. Okay. Well, her last name's Clooney, so either yeah. she married into the family or she was born into it. 
I don't know how families work. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> this, is what, this is what Rhode Island families are like. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. In Rhode Island, we're all related. It's so, it's so small. <laughs> it's just like your entire family is the state of mm-hmm. Rhode Island. Okay, I got it. <laughs> that makes actual sense. <laughs> that could actually, ha- I would believe that, really. <laughs> if somebody told me that, yeah, my entire family lives in, or is Rhode Island. Is Rhode Island. Yeah. The whole. The whole state. Mm-hmm. My whole family. I'm related to every single person in Rhode Island. The road plus be- the island. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you have to venture outside of the state for it not to be considered incest. Is that correct? That's why I moved. <laughs> I could not find, I could not not find, like, family members. You couldn't find love that were not family members. That is, yes. All right, this podcast just took a turn. Hashtag wrecked. <laughs> All right, can we watch this Christmas movie and just time for rip off the Band-Aid? White Christmas. No. I. No, don't even dreams. start it. <laughs> you can't see my face, people, but it's like totally She's so, disdainful. I can't look at her. <laughs> She's like daggers. Okay, okay, turn it off. Let's go, let's go. Snow is magic. <laughs> Magic is snow. <laughs> oh, look at you getting all, like, poetry on us. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's what we've learned. No, I've always known that. But this is just another example of the magical properties of, of snow. snow. Yeah, yeah. Which we've known, like, basically the entire movie, that this is what was going to happen. Yeah, it was pretty typical. It was pretty, it was a simple plot. It was a simple plot with... Musical numbers is what it was. Yeah, but I didn't feel like the plot had anything to do with the songs no, no, no. they were singing. No, they, they <laughs> drew the songs out of a hat. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. Oh, yeah, like, literally. Out of it, like, it was, it was like, let's sing about choreography now, and then talk about our feelings and how... Yeah, let's get back to s- the plot. Yeah. <laughs> but then here's a dance number. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like, we've talked about musicals before, because we've watched a bunch of musicals. Yeah. Which, I love musicals. You like musicals. This um, was a musical in traditional sense, like, where the songs express your emotions. These were just, like, songs they were performing in their regular review life kind of thing. Yeah, it wasn't, except for that one weird instance on the train. Yeah. And then when Betty and Wallace sing by the fire. Yeah. Those were the two feelings songs. But they were so but they were so awkwardly placed. Yeah. Like it didn't like Betty and Wallace's song, they sang and they sang and they sang about their feelings, and then they talked about their feelings, and then they sang some more. It was weird. It was just yeah. this weird interlude of not how you musical. No, this was this is producers of the world. This is not a musical in the way that we we know and love them. This was like a sh- a really simple short play with songs thrown in from the radio. Yeah. <laughs> it was weird. Uh, it's because I had Bing Crosby. Well, and, uh, 
uh, Rosemary Clooney. Rosemary Clooney. And Vera Ellen. Yeah. Vera Ellen, who, okay, okay, so we didn't talk about this in On the Town. Vera Ellen was on the town as the, as Miss Turnstiles. Yes. If you remember. And we didn't talk about, um, it in On the Town because... It wasn't as big of a deal. You didn't right. notice it as much as in this one. Right. Um, so... Vera Ellen is known to have anorexia, but yes. back in the day, they didn't really know what anorexia was, and it wasn't a thing, and actually she was kind of praised for her delicate figure. Yeah. We are going to try and be as sensitive to it as much as possible as we talk about it, because we know it's a problem. Yeah. And it's 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 a mental illness, and we don't want to trigger anyone. So. Right. But it is something that is very noticeable. In yeah. this movie. So if if you do have those types of triggers, like, if you're planning on watching this, just be very aware yeah. that she is very, very thin. It's, it's extremely distracting. Yeah. Especially in some of her dance numbers because it just, it, get, it got to the point where it was a little scary. Yeah. In, especially in the longer ones. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it wasn't really brought up at the time... She kind of disappeared, like, after this movie because, you know, she... The women of the time tend to have the career, then, okay, they settle down, have the family and stuff, but, you know, she was having the health problems already with the anorexia. She had a baby, and the the baby unfortunately passed away. Yeah, of, um... um sudden... Sudden in- infant death mm-hmm. syndrome, which could be... Cor- like, at the time, they wouldn't correlate it. Yeah, but... In hindsight, we can't speak on that either. Yeah. It's just, she she just kind of just disappeared, you know? Yeah. Until she passed away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which she passed away of cancer at the age of 60. So, yeah, we, we, we're trying to look into it because we don't want to say anything, like, too insensitive. But, you know, she, she started out, Vera Ellen started out at a really young age, dancing, doing ballet, tap. She was a rocket. You know, she was in, on Broadway. She was in these movies. So... The pressure when you're a dancer to be as thin as possible for the lifts, you know, for... Well, not just for the lifts, but just for... The, the thinner you are, the faster you can do your yeah. turns, the quicker you can do certain things like that. So it's, yeah. it's often recommended to go through situations like this. And that's that's something it, that... It's encouraged in that yeah. world. Yeah, they're, they're trying to turn away... Mm-hmm. from that from the studies that I've read because some of the studies are very intense yeah. for that that world like how how the it has gotten to that to that place so and it's sad that our culture praised this yeah she she's a really good she's a amazing dancer yeah beautiful dancer and I mean she clearly is having fun yeah when she's dancing and I think that that really shows and that's why I think she her dance career was the way that it was Mm -hmm. with starting out as a young age because she clearly worked Mm -hmm. for for her every everything that she did yeah um but as we said the anorexia is way more apparent in this movie than in out on the town because in this one she's got smaller tinier costumes you can see her legs uh, the only thing that you never see of her is her like shoulders and collarbones and like mm-hmm. pretty much the top of her arms this could have been a choice from the costuming department yeah to cover her up more 
Uh, that's another thing we don't know. Unverified. Yeah. I don't know. It just is sad. It's just, yeah. it's so sad. It, like, instead of choosing to help her, mm-hmm. they hid her. Yeah. And I'm sure that that had something, not only is she going through this whole psychological thing of what anorexia is and, and trying to, the, the whole body dysmorphia, because that is what comes with it, but she's also dealing with people constantly covering her up. Like, psychologically, yeah. that can't, that can't be good. Yeah. Yeah, so, sorry to start out on a sad note, it's just, like, it really did make the movie hard to watch with her on screen. Yeah. Some of the dance numbers were less noticeable than others, mm-hmm. but mostly when they had her in the the tiny costumes yeah, where the, you could see the legs. the costume got tinier as the, the movie went on. Yeah. As you, as you started to see, like, her legs and you could, they didn't, they didn't cover certain things up mm-hmm. correctly, and that, you know... Again, it's a trigger. It can be a trigger for people. So. Yeah. Be very well aware. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This was not a Christmas movie. <laughs> no, it was not. It was not a Christmas movie at all. Does that make you happy? You didn't want a Christmas movie. I didn't want a Christmas movie. It, it just it didn't have that whole, like, Christmas is the time of hope and joy and presents. And no. No, it didn't have that at all. It was just like... It should have been named, like, Army Guy Review or something, like, something about the stage. Yeah, like, Showstoppers or something like that. Uh, What's their names? Uh, Davis and Wallace. Wallace and Davis. Yeah, the Wallace and Davis show. Why couldn't we name it after their... I want, honestly, I wanted to see more of their show when they were doing that whole little montage thing. I was just like, get rid of these variety, like paper inserts and just show me show me the, them singing and dancing and because they look like they were having a lot of fun so I just wanted to see more of that instead of newspaper articles yeah yeah okay so let's let's just let's, let's go to the beginning because there was a beginning it starts out in Christmas Eve 1944 yes um in World War Two. we don't know where they are in one of the bombed out cities of somewhere in Europe yeah Either France or London-ish. It looked, it looked... It, I, to me, I'm like, whenever we see a movie with, like, bombed out London, it looks like that. Yeah. So, I could see London. I mean, but I just, I don't know how many... I don't know where everybody was stationed. It was a general setting yeah. that was just World War Two. This is World War Two. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was nondescript anything. It was just like, we're thrown into this and we're like, why are we supposed to be caring at this point mm-hmm. and we were introduced to the general first general angry general angry and general broken <laughs> that's what we, his real name was general at waverly but at this point we did not know his name so he was he was hurt his leg was broken so that's what i just started calling him yeah it's it's easier when we come up with our own names for them, I yeah. swear. Because seriously, they introduced General Angry, who has nothing to do with the movie at all. No. He's there for this one scene. And then he gone. He gone. I don't know. They're showing way too much, like, inciting incident. No, they're showing, like, way too much setup for the inciting incident. Right, it's not even <laughs> the inciting incident yeah. in the movie. It's, it's just their character development. They're showing character development. But we didn't need character development. I know that! I honestly, I thought we were going to have like a Christmas war movie at first. When it first started up, I was like, okay, so the description on Netflix is wrong. We're having a World War II Christmas movie. 
would have been nice. It, it would have been interesting, because there's not a lot of, like, talk about Christmas during the war, because the war did stop for Christmas Day. <gasps> yeah! So... Wait, the, there's definitely a movie about that. Is there? I think so. I've never, I've never heard of a war, I think, a World War II Christmas movie. I think there is. I don't have a source. <laughs> Cite your sources, Justine. Ooh, um, Didn't you go to college? I went to art school. <laughs> Wait a minute. I went to the same art school. So there. <laughs> don't blame me. Bing Crosby is singing in his own little Christmas pageant. Bing Crosby. If Bing Crosby's in in, in your, like, what is it, your unit? Or, yeah. He will put on a boss Christmas pageant for you. <laughs> in in a jacket that is three sizes too big mm-hmm. and a hat that nearly covered his eyes. He's rocking the style. <laughs> Whatevs. His name is Captain Wallace. Bob? Captain Bob Wallace. Captain Bob. Captain Bob Wallace. Captain Bob Wallace. <laughs> um, in 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 the movie in the movie IRL, he is a performer as well yeah. as being Bing Crosby. He's basically Bing Crosby if Bing Crosby went to war. Right. He is playing himself. Yeah. Exactly. He's like you know when Elvis went to war, you know, but this is but Bing Crosby. <laughs> oh yeah, Elvis did go to war, but he didn't do anything. No, he, like, went to war and then sang, like, a song and then came back from war. Yeah. <laughs> it was war publicity. Yeah. <laughs> it was just an encouragement of the draft. Yeah. So we start out with I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas, Ashley's favorite song in the whole wide world. She's shaking her head yes. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> this is radio. <laughs> <laughs> she is spreading lies. <laughs> it's true. And deceit. <laughs> They're having a oh, Christmas pageant in the middle of bombs going off. Right, and and you noted that he, when when Bing, Car- Bing Crosby sings White Christmas, all the soldiers look sad. They look so depressed. Like, you know what would have made them more depressed if he sang I'll Be Home for Christmas? <laughs> that would be a dick move. <laughs> dick move. No, if, if only in my dreams. It's Bing. the saddest Christmas song. It is. Because, like... Dude's not going to be home for Christmas. Well, that would have been awesome. I'm going to write the meanest Christmas movie ever. <laughs> Is it going to take place in the middle of World War II <laughs> on Christmas Day? Yes. Because I really don't think that this is a movie that exists. No, it totally does. <laughs> now I'm just like, not sure, but totally going for it. <laughs> I'm committed. Well, that's good at least. It's like I'm even if this is a movie that you have to make up, it is a movie that exists. <laughs> it exists in her mind. It, I, I see a movie poster, <laughs> but it also kind of looks like that zombie Christmas movie. Wait, what? <laughs> Are you okay? Can you breathe? <laughs> So General Broken is getting replaced by General Angry. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, I watched Inside Out last night, and I have a picture <laughs> of Anger, the little character, in the army hat and outfit in this movie. That's what he was, except if he was the Grinch. Yeah, but still the image in um, the, of that is, in my head is 
quite hilarious. So the soldiers are all like, man, I wish General Broken was here. He would really like this Christmas crap we're doing. And then he's like, I am here, you bunch of jerks. No, he wasn't like that. He pretends to be mean to them because he loves them so much. Yeah. So then they all serenade him with the their I love you song that they have for him. Yeah, it's uh, I'll follow the old man. Yeah, we love him. Yeah. We'll follow the old man anywhere, anywhere. Something like that. I, I that's totally not right, they but it happened. Love, love their general broken. Because he's sweet. Okay, but yeah, he really, he's injured and he's being, like, sent home. Yeah. He's being dismissed. Well, and, like, Bing Crosby's little speech about him was terribly upsetting. He was just like, you know, it kind of sucks because we're all moving forward. And he's moving backwards, which is something he's never been good at before. Man, it's like he can't take it with honor or anything. Yeah, like, just... You either die on the battlefield or you are broken forever. Yeah. Yeah. Which he's not broken forever. No, not in this movie. (laughs) We'll fix him. Yeah, he's he's fixed by love and snow. Yes! (laughs) That is a Christmas movie! Fixed by love and snow. But it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen until, like, the very end. Yeah, the last Christmas movie at the end. At the end. The last, like, three minutes are a Christmas movie. Yeah. And then the rest of it is just, like, tacked on for shits and giggles. Yeah. They're like, it's like the producers meets Christmas movie. Yeah. Exactly. Um, there's an air raid. Big, big, big bomb. Yes, which still begs the question as to why they are all sitting around having a Christmas pageant close enough to the air raid. We're nowhere near where this movie should have started. <laughs> Wait, where should this movie start? This movie should have just started with them on Broadway. At the end. This movie should have been like a short. This should have been a short movie. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's a short, plus musical numbers, plus Christmas movie. Fake Christmas movie. But with magic snow. Every Christmas movie has magic snow. That's how you know it's a Christmas movie. I mean, Gilmore Girls had magic snow. Buffy had magic snow. Oh, she did. Okay, I love that we are, episode. We are, like, on horrible chances right now. This episode brought to you by magic snow. <laughs> Davis is standing around Davis? Well, Davis and Wallace oh, were right. the ones who were okay. behind the whole um I know where pageant. I Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Wallace has a friend Davis who's lower rank than he is. I think I don't know if he's just private or what. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know how it works. Um that was never established, but it was clearly established that one dude was a general and one dude was a captain. No, no, no. Captain the general is general broken. Captain. Yeah, 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 no, I know. Wallace I'm just is saying. a captain, and then the Davis. They is never, they never classified Davis. Davis's rank, but they clearly classified the other main male characters. I think he's a private. I don't know. They never said. So the, everybody's scrambling during this air raid, and Davis saves Wallace's life from a big wall being toppled over, but then gets, like, hurt in the process. He just cuts his arm really bad. Yeah. But it's... (laughs) The way he saves him is hilarious. Yes! Like, the wall is falling, and they're... It's taking... It's wobbling. Yeah. So they're like, okay, this wall is clearly gonna (laughs) fall. But it's like a... 
a three minute sequence. At least it felt like three minute sequence because at the time I'm just like, okay, dude, run. Just like get the hell out of Dodge. Like mm-hmm. run. But no, he like stands there and is like has has holding his hat and is just like doing that shivering, like scared thing. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, run. <laughs> Doesn't do it. Watches the wall or watches as the wall starts to tip. And then Davis, who's conveniently still standing there, who doesn't want to just let this man die, picks him up and then... By his waist? Yeah. That was the worst way to move the guy. He should have pushed him over, but no, he, like, picks him up by his waist. He's going to, like, carry him around backwards. And then, yeah, just, like, kind of, like... Chucks him like a bag of potatoes. And then the wall kind of falls, and he gets tossed over. Yeah, it's just, like, that's not how you move somebody quickly. That is the slowest (laughs) way, in fact, to move somebody. These guys didn't know how to war. Yes! (laughs) Where were they on their training? They were singing. They were perfecting their tap dancing. Yes, they were. Both of them were. So, yeah, Davis gets a little cut on his arm. Um, so Wallace goes to visit him in their medic tent, and he's like, oh, thanks, you, thanks for saving my life, bye. And, um, Davis is like, hey, 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 so when you go back to your, your stage show, I wrote this song, and you should totally sing it. And, uh, Wallace is like, this is a duet, who am I gonna find? And Davis is like, I know a guy, it's me, yeah! Yeah, <laughs> it's like he does a, he does this long, like, tirade about him being the guy. Yeah. Or talking about this guy, but you know it's him. Yeah. Oh, I know this great guy, he's awesome, he sings, he dances, he's comedic, it's me. <laughs> and I broke my arm for you. Yeah, he guilt, I don't know how you can guilt trip someone for ten years. <laughs> I don't know. This is... Okay. This is where another reason why I wanted to add that these guys had... Sans something. Oh. They had a relationship. Yeah. Far per... Surpassing uh, friendship. Yes. Yes. Because... I mean, just from, like, taking a modern perspective of it, maybe, you know, it, in that era that was, like, totally cool for guys to be all happy-go-lucky, touchy-feeling, non, I guess, gendered, masculine Mm -hmm. things. I don't know, war buddies are war buddies, but I have a scenario for you where this would match. Uh, Chewbacca. Chewbacca was life-indebted, right, to Han Solo? Yes. It's, It's like that. Okay. Right? Yeah. I don't know, I'm making this up, but point. Yeah, but I don't think, like, I think Han loved Chewie, but not in the same way that these two men He didn't want to make fur babies with him. No, he did not <laughs> want to make fur babies with him. There were times where I was just like, okay, he's giving him bedroom eyes. Like, especially in that... You don't know what happens in those barracks no. when the air raids on... Uh, random, uh, nondescript European locations. <laughs> be romantic i'm just throwing that out there from a modern perspective this would be viewed as that in a way mm-hmm. well yeah we're so hyper hyper masculine these days yeah so hyper masculine well and that's that's why it's interesting you know seeing it from in a different era mm-hmm. where you would think with how crazy the 50s were about the gender roles that 
We're, I think we're more crazy now. Well, yeah, uh, but I'm saying with how how crazy it was because we were trying to get women back into their, their specific roles, how we're trying to kind of control society's views on gender. I, back then, I think it was a little bit simpler because they were just trying to sell some more products and was viewed as more American and, you know, consumer-based. I don't know. After the war, we were feeling very good about ourselves. Yeah. It's just interesting because we, we always talk about this day and age, how the media kind of controls what we view as, or how we view gender. Yeah. And how we view gender roles, specifically. Yeah. It's interesting to me to think of it that way. Because I've always thought of the, the 50s as being, like, that prim and proper, and this is how yeah. a woman should act and that kind of but stuff. But I think prior to then, like, they would only have, like, one razor, you know, that you could buy. A generic razor. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, nowadays, it, it, it is to just sell more products. We have men's items and women's items, yeah. you know, that are completely unnecessarily gendered. Unnecessarily gendered and unnecessarily priced. Yes. But it's just interesting because in today's hyper-crazy gendered society, this would be viewed as... A homosexual relationship? Yes. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, it's interesting that in that time period, it's not. Right. It's just taken as a friendship. Yes. Certain actions that they did, um... Yeah, just, like, normal, everyday things to them would now be, like, skewed with this, like, whole, like, this is, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't have the words for it, but, yeah. It's interesting how we, we still, we hypergender, we hypergender sports, we hypergender books, toys, anything. It's, mm-hmm. it's just weird, because it's totally unnecessary. Yeah, and we don't even have male song and dance guys anymore no like that's that's terribly upsetting to me like because it's done that way because dance is viewed as a woman's thing it's not viewed as this strong well now we've got the hip-hop and the well when break dancing happened guys were allowed to dance i i, I don't when know when it became want... when it became like a strong masculine type of dance like tap dancing tap dancing is hard tap yeah. da- tap da- tap da- what about like so you think you can dance? That's a show, right? Yeah, and oh wait, no, what am I thinking of? Am no, I you're thinking of so you're thinking you can dance. Okay, with, wait, is that the one with the? No, Dancing with the Stars. I don't watch Dancing with the Stars. I watch Dan- uh, So you think you can dance? So you think you can dance? There are a lot of like male contemporary dancers, and it's grown. Mm-hmm. Like I think when it started, it was skewed a little bit, but there are, but it tends to be. And this is why it kind of makes me sad is those, the male dancers Mm -hmm. are typically considered effeminate and they have, they're either in the LGBT community or they're straight, but they have these effeminate qualities. And so it makes it okay to dance in society's kind of view. Mm. Well, they're also on a TV show. That too. And so it's interesting because... Dance requires a lot of strength and understanding of your body and that kind of stuff. So it's something that 
I don't understand why it can't be viewed as masculine because it requires so much strength mm-hmm. and so much mastering of something that is considered um, hyper-masculine in a way. Yeah. You kind of get where my train of thought is no, going? No, yeah, yeah. I get you. And I think we kind of touched on this when we, wa- um, when we watched On the Town with... Um, Gene Kelly? With Gene Kelly. And how, like, he kind of pushed back against this because he really did notice that it was starting then. Like, dance was becoming the girly thing to do. So, yeah, back off of our tangent. Pretty much Wallace agrees to be with Davis and put their act together. And there's this whole montage of how successful they are. And this is the montage that you would have preferred to see as a movie. Yeah, I wanted to see... Like, them actually performing. I didn't want these snippets of these newspaper articles telling me, oh, look, the war's over. Oh, look, they have an awesome dance number or an awesome show that they're bringing to Broadway. They're front-page variety news. (laughs) Yeah, every time. Yeah. And so, oh, and then what was the other one? Oh, uh, Davis and Wallace are producers now? Yeah, they're producing their own show, and I guess that's what we were watching, their produced show. I guess. It just... I did not see that. Who connection. was there? Produ- who was producing them before? See that? We don't know. Like it didn't. It just kind of went to this weird, like area where it's like we have to do this. We have to give people this information because otherwise we can't talk about it. But yet they never talk about it. They never talk about their past. They just talk about how they're famous. So why couldn't we just have like a performance at like just? kind of do the same song and have it be the song the montage of this or the song's montage the montage's song and have it start off with them like in a smaller theater like club kind of thing kind of like how the girls mm-hmm. are doing and then kind of branch out until they have their own show especially yeah for like TV and you and know stuff. when they're getting changed and whatnot they'd be like hey remember how we're war buddies yeah or or that doesn't have to be a big thing at the beginning. Until they meet, like, their general. Or until they get the letter from, well, supposedly from their buddy to go and see his sisters. Yeah. See, that would have been a better starting point, and I think we would have gotten the same amount of information in less time, and we wouldn't be sitting here figuring out certain aspects of why things are being shown. Silly movie. Okay, what did I write down? I wrote down, they're so busy with all their shows and then davis really wants wallace to get some really wants him to and and wallace was like man if i want to get married you know someday the right girl will come along and you know that's the cue for the right girl to come along (laughs) yes and it's because this is the point where i wrote down there's constant talk about the woman settling down and having children (laughs) Well, it seemed like Wallace wanted to settle down and have children. But the only people that he was allowing himself to meet were these girls. That's what he was saying. All the women that he had in his social circle were the showbiz girls. Yeah. Who apparently were not interested in doing that. They were interested in more in furthering their showbiz careers. Yeah. I don't know. From the perspective of, like, now, Mm -hmm. it's totally possible for her to continue on on her career and still have... Yeah, a family. Like it, it they made it seem like this whole like she can't, she can't, she can't, she can't because she has this career. She can't have kids at all. She doesn't want, or she doesn't want it because she wants her career too. 
It's like, okay, well, what about hey, you? Hey, this is before the she can have it all 70s. This is true. But it just, it, it was just She cannot constant. have it all. <laughs> but it was constantly, like, this is where I felt like it was it was a 50s movie. Because there was constant reference to that. Mm-hmm. Well, th- it is exactly the 50s. Yeah, no, I, 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 I yeah. But you're like, stop reminding me you're the 50s. Yeah, because I was like, oh, look, they have, like, this really cool, like, open friendship, romance kind of thing between these two dudes that is, like, really sweet and endearing. And then it's like, the females, they can't do shit. Them females. Yes. (laughs) Their tiny minds are just, like, they can't, they can't do anything. Aw. So, there's a thing about the letter. They get the letter. I don't really care about that, really. I didn't understand why we needed a four-minute diatribe about whether or not we could respond to this letter. Yeah. But anyway, they go and end up seeing Judy and Betty perform. They are the sisters. They're performing a song called Sisters. Which is actually a um, Rosemary Clooney song. Rosemary Clooney and her sister Betty sang this song. Because... Uh, Vera Ellen was not on the Columbia record label? No, no. The song was actually written by her and her sister. Well, I know she couldn't record it because she was on a competing record label. Yeah, Rosemary Clooney couldn't... They they had the rights to use the music of the song, but they couldn't use her voice. Yeah. Because she was not on Columbia records. So the way that they got around it was Rosemary Clooney just lip-synced to the backing track. And then... Or she may have sang it during production. I don't know. But it, it look it to me it looked like she was lip syncing. They were all lip syncing, yeah. Yeah, um, and then s- say, somebody else was singing for her. No, so that that's how they kind of got around her singing that. But that's also why they can't actually release a soundtrack for this this movie. So like soundtracks at that time had started being big because records were were getting bigger. Oh yeah. In the fifties, and of course the the boom of actually like selling things. Well, cause yeah, they could use the plastic again. Yeah. So it was it was a way to get around it for the movie, but they actually have never been able to release a white soundtrack, to, a White Christmas soundtrack. So like this version of Bing Crosby singing mm-hmm. has never been released, apparently. Oh. So it was it was an interesting thing that I discovered in my research. Oh, you so researchy. Yes. So the boys are watching it, and they're into it, and fortunately. They each like a different girl. <laughs> yeah. There was no fighting over the women Whew. in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> the boys cannot like the same girl. No, thank no, no, God. No. no, no, no. That's only a 90s thing. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait till the 90s where they fight over the gals. I can't wait till we get to the movies that we've seen, like, repeatedly and that worship. That will be for a very long I know, time. But, like, 10 Things I Hate About You and, and all that stuff, I can't wait for that because... We're going to have to tear it apart, and we're going to have to... Ha- we have to find somebody who has never seen that movie. <laughs> How the hell are we going to do that? There's people out there. There's people. We if you've people. never seen 10 Things I Hate I About You, I don't think we have 10 us. Things I Hate About You. We have, um, as of right now, who knows, in years when we actually get to it, we have Coyote Ugly now. Oh! Coyote Ugly just came on Netflix. With or without the sex scene? I don't know which uh, version of the sex scene it has. <laughs> We'll find out. 
through the magic of Netflix. Yes. This podcast is not sponsored by Netflix no in any way, shape, way. or form. Netflix, by the way, we are in a new month. Um, Netflix changed some things. We lost some movies from the 60s, actually. We keep losing movies from the 60s. But we gained a few. So, yeah, they're at the show um, watching. They, they sing their song, and then they meet with them after their song, have after some the girls dinner. have changed. They yeah. talk about Benny, their brother. Who, actually, according to Wikipedia... The photograph of their brother is actually the original Alfalfa from the original Little Rascals. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that in your hat for you. Already, Davis has is plotting. Davis is the, is the the schemer plotter of the story. Yes, because he seriously wants his bro to get laid. Yeah. Um, so he's dropping hints to these gals like, "Say, do you gals uh, are you guys interested in family?" <laughs> You guys want to stop performing and have babies right now? <laughs> what, what is your opinion of children? Yes. Are Do you, you like them? Please pop one out. Which is a very rude question. <laughs> it was an awkward question. They just met and they're like, hey, how do you feel getting pregnant? Yeah, this is like <laughs> that eHarmony commercial where the lady is like, yes, yeah, so I ask this question every every single first date. Do I have? But I want to have, or I let my first dates know that I want to have kids. And then the dude is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the guy, the, the eHarmony guy comes on, and he's like, do you experience this first date a lot? Do you want to find love? Do you want, do you want your dates to turn out better? I just want to have a good time, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, like, all really, like, creepy and yeah. preachy to the lonely males of the universe. Ouch. Like, Yes. Women want to have children when they get to a certain age. Some Sometimes. women. Yes. Correction. And some women want to have babies at a, when they reach a certain age. Because that's what they have always been brought up, that that is their greatest gift to the world. And, and to themselves. And some people, I don't know who these people are. Well, they actually like babies, like Ashley. <laughs> I know, you don't like babies. They're weird. <laughs> They're tiny aliens. You know, they have no good conversation topics. <laughs> They're babies. Oh, wait, the police. I forgot about the cops. What cops? The cops. Oh. So after no, they no, perform. No, 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 that's not. That's, that's after, that's after. We gotta get pole dancing first. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm excited about. Hold on. So, uh, what's their faces? Judy and, um... <laughs> Judy and, and Davis. Davis. They go dancing, and then um, Betty, she tells she tells uh, Wallace that, you know, we brought you here tonight under false pretenses. Judy wrote the letter. You know, we couldn't just say we wanted to, like, meet you and have you see our stuff, but this is how it is. We're a bunch of liars. We emotionally conned you. But, uh, actually, uh... Bing Crosby, Wallace is just like, I don't care, you pretty. <laughs> At first. I don't know what happened. But they got, I don't remember. Oh, yeah, they I don't get, know. Like, all of a sudden, like. Well, because I think he's a little, like, cocky, and then she's a little cocky, so then they start, like, flirt fighting, and then I don't know if it was real fighting. <laughs> I don't know, but it prompted um, Davis and Judy. Judy. Go off and have their little dance number. Yes. In the outside of this Florida club, which didn't look like Florida. It looked like the Warner Brothers soundstage. Uh-huh. And it was Paramount. It was Paramount. It was Paramount soundstage. 
and it was lovely. Oh my god, that dance number was so good. It was, direct, it was choreographed by a little unknown guy named Bob Fosse. Yep, no one, no one knows who that is. No. Why do we even bring it up? No, <laughs> what? But he's no Kenny Ortega. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh my god, choreography humor. <laughs> We're never going to get that with this podcast. Nobody listens to our show. <laughs> Jokes are too real. <laughs> they're they're too they're too emotionally they're too like, real. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Pole dancing. Yeah. So <laughs> Justine has curled up and is now Just like tell it. Yeah. So although this dance number has no relevance to anything that has to do with the story, they decide to have this huge dance number across the docks and um the like side area of the beach. And, um, Vera and, um, Danny King were very nice. Um, Danny King is, he reminded me so much of Dick Van Dyke during this. It was crazy. He reminds me so much of Martin Short. It's insane. His facial expressions. Yeah. Well, Dick Van Dyke was very famous for his facial expressions, too. I don't know. Dick Van Dyke just seems to I come from that, that era. I Dick Van Dyke and the lankiness of the guy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so they end up going onto the dock. And she's, like, twirling around on the, the, the side poles that are holding up the roof. Mm-hmm. And he, like, full-on... Dude, if you've ever seen those gifs on Tumblr of the guy doing the pole dancing who is, like, crazy skilled at it... Yes. It's that. <laughs> it's totally that. And not only did he do it once, he did this twice. Yes. Which, like, damn. He, yeah. like, went across the water, like... It was terrifying. Him just being held up by his hands with, like, his legs out. Doing the whole um, V-split twirl around the pole. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Went there. Totally went there. It was beautiful. I applaud. Yeah. Then the sheriff sheriff shows up with a warrant. For what? Like, why? Because we need drama. Here's a warrant for some drama. (laughs) Please, sir, you're not dramaing enough. <laughs> we need we need to insert yep. some more of... Bring in the cops. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. The girls then were like, the hotel they were staying at or something, they'd burn the rug, or the guy was saying that they'd burn the rug, so they just kind of left without paying. I They said the landlord, so oh. I think they were like, this was like an apartment that they were leasing this for a This was like an month. Airbnb... <laughs> This is an Airbnb before Airbnb was a thing. Before right. the internet was a thing. It yeah. was when it was, like, all through the phone. Like, you got a Sears catalog. No, yeah. They just <laughs> phone book, showed up at your house, holding the phone book saying, this is you. Yeah. <laughs> That's the internet. Yep. And, uh, so, for whatever reason, the cops need to arrest them because they believe the landlord over them. Yep. And Davis... It's like, Davis is in love with these women, or he's in love with drama. He's in love with just doing something other than what he was doing previously. (laughs) He's like, he's not at all concerned that these women might be the next, um... Thelma and Louise? Yes. He's not at all concerned about that. So, he devises a plan to to sneak them out uh, before their next number um, through their dressing room and into a cab. 
So to stall the cops, they have the manager, like, bring the sheriff dinner or whatever. I don't know. I don't know why it was, like, a scene that had to happen because it never, like, was referenced ever again. And it didn't make much sense. So then, because the girls were scheduled to do another number... To be a distraction so that they It's all a diversion. Be- oh, yeah, a diversion so that they believe that the girls are still technically there. They perform for the girls. As the sisters act, which they, like, just did. They only have one song. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah, so the guys dress in drag and perform the sisters' song. And, again, Denny King had some very fantastic moves. Kane. Kane, 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 Kane. I thought it was K A Y E, K, 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 K. Danny K, my bad. Um, so again, Danny K has like awesome. Danny K found his inner woman, and he worked the hallway like a runway. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Tyra. She will sue me if I say that. (laughs) Will she? Is she the next Taylor Swift? Yes. That's terribly upsetting. Tyra, we love your work. Please don't sue us. And then they escape out a window. Yeah, they escape. And then the guys run past the police and everybody escape out of the back window into another cab. And catch the same train. Yes, because um, Davis has concocted a plan. Um, He gives them their train tickets since they're the train tickets that they currently possess were only good for the next day. Mm Mm-hmm. So he gives them their space on the train without telling Wallace. Ooh. Yep, this was like some soap, op- soap uh, opera shit. I don't, like I said, I'm like, was he just really bored? He's just like, I'm going to do everything. I, I think he genuinely wanted to see his friend happy. He wanted to give his friend the gift of life because he couldn't. Aww. Aww. You're saying if he was a woman, he would have dated him? Yes. That is what you're saying. That is what I'm saying. <laughs> I read it between the lines. <laughs> That's good. So they get on the train, and Davis wants to go to Vermont because the gals are going to Vermont to perform at this inn. Just because. Yeah. Uh, the girls do see them on the train, and so he had given the girls their tickets, and... Lied to Wallace about losing them. Yeah, Wallace is really mad because he kind of figures it out. He's like, if I see those girls in our car, I just wanted to sleep on my nice, comfy bed. Those aren't comfy beds, though. I don't, that's what he kept saying. He was, like, totally into the bed. Well, he did have to, like, just sit in a chair, which a bed would be better than a chair if you're going overnight. Yes, but still. A train bed is not optimal to conducing sleep the gals invite the guys to vermont and then i think wallace finally gives in well then they sing about snow then they sing about snow the worst song ever (laughs) the weirdest song ever yeah they it's like all of a sudden we're gonna talk about vermont covered in snow listen look vermont's gonna covered in snow which we need to remind you that this podcast is very anti-vermont yep bunch of hippies (laughs) Sorry, Bernie Sanders. See, he's a hippie. He's the king of the hippies in Vermont. This is true. Ben and Jerry's? 
Bernie Sanders? Hippie town. <laughs> okay, I got you. I see, I see. They live in the trees. <laughs> <laughs> the nice fir trees. Are they like, wait, are they like the Keebler elves? Are Vermont people like the Keebler elves? Probably. They do have maple syrup. <laughs> it's got to come from somewhere. It comes from Canada. No, there's Vermont maple syrup. Is it different or better than Canada maple syrup? The, you know, they have, it's, 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 a, it's a turf war. <laughs> Canada versus Vermont? And they're right there, you know? I'm sorry, I don't really know where Vermont is. Oh, we're really gone. Vermont is so hot. Vermont is unseasonably yet semi normally not. There's snow. no snow. There's no snow. They they had a four minute song about snow, and then there is no snow. I was very disappointed. This is again where Vermont has again disappointed my movie watching. Can you talk about why we're so anti Vermont? So all the way back in. It was like the fourth movie we watched. What movie was it? Well, yeah, it was. No, it wasn't the fourth movie. I think it was the fifth movie. Okay. It was one of those. But where the the journalist from New York goes to Vermont and he's mercilessly attacked by a tiny child who bites his ankles and is like, have, has eye daggers shot at him from the um, angry... Uh, women folk. Maybe that's why the Vermont tourism was doing bad. It wasn't because there's no snow. It's because that movie came out and nobody wanted to go there. Yes, it was very bad for Vermont's tourism. <laughs> See, Vermont, it's better if you're nicer to people and you don't bite their ankles. Vermont's very nice to people. They've got maple syrup and Bernie Sanders. <laughs> and Ben and Jerry's. This podcast is not sponsored by Bernie Sanders. Uh, maple the king syrup, of the hippies. Or, <laughs> or Ben and Jerry's. I wish. So they go to the Columbia Inn and... They the Columbia Inn in Pine Tree, Vermont. Ooh, Pine Tree, Vermont. Yes. Sounds fake. <laughs> it probably is. Considering you East Coasters name your cities after weird Yeah, things. it should be like the Squahana <laughs> pork a tiny You're yes. even from there and you can't say their words. You're not you're from there and you should be able to pronounce pronounce their names. What names? I'm just I don't making know. one up by making syllables together. Oh, okay. Cause no one can say Massachusetts names. We're sorry, Massachusetts, for insulting you. We love you. Worcester. Specifically her, because her family's there, and I don't want her family to die. <laughs> Only one of them lives in Massachusetts. The other one lives in an unknown location. Rhode Island. <laughs> Which is literally unknown to some people because it's so Wait, small. Didn't I own Rhode Island? Wait, is it my whole family? Oh, yes! Your whole family is from Rhode Island. <laughs> I forgot. This is from a previous conversation during the day where <laughs> we determined the intro of the podcast. <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> we did a callback without even realizing it. I was like, gee, I remember us talking about this. 
this movie, we hated it. <laughs> I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it either. It just wasn't good. So, guess who is at the Columbia Inn? General Broken. <laughs> General Broken! So, the sisters perform... Then to, the, like, a fairly empty dining room. They're performing their sister song. Again. Because that's the only song they know. And then they have dinner. With and, the boys. Um, Bing Crosby sets up a Christmas Eve show at the inn. Um, and he wants... Well, he sets it up because while they're at dinner, his, like, the Wicked Witch's younger sister mm-hmm. tells them that... Um, General Broken has put everything into the inn, and he has totally, like, fucked his finances up. Yeah, he's gonna be... He's gonna shut down. He, you know, it's, it's one of those cases where... Man buys an inn. Man spends so much money on the inn. He's broken and Man broke. is broken and broke. <laughs> Man has to, like, grovel at his former... He didn't grovel. He 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 was going out in in peace. Well, no, he was. He oh, sent actually, the he wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> he sent the letter to ask for a job. You're right. He wanted to go back into the army, and they wouldn't let him. Yeah, because he's considered still broken. So pretty much, he wanted to do this big show to have people come and you know, rent rooms and eat their food. You know, stay at the inn. Give, yeah, give him business. He he wants to take his famous act perform at the inn, and, you know, have people come and pay. Even though he supplied all the people who came there, I don't think he got any money. <laughs> well, no, it's the Christmas snow miracle, because the people did show up, and they did save the inn, I think. I don't know. We don't know. It just started snowing, and everybody was happy, and then it just said the end. The end. Oh, you, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the whole New York show is going to come up to Vermont. So then there's rehearsals, and then there's a terrible song. Um, it's a really bad song. I don't even remember that song. It's I the think song I was about the jokes. Me. You were like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's what you were like during that song. Davis and Judy are up to things with setting up Wallace and Betty. They're 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 really they're teaming up now to be conniving. Um, so when Judy and Betty are going to bed, pretty much Judy's like can't sleep aren't you hungry and i don't know and sends betty out to go eat sandwiches and she runs into wallace and so wallace sings a song about sleeping and then they kiss yeah but no that's the weird song where it was like okay we're gonna sing about our feelings and what has relevance to the plot and then we're gonna talk about our feelings and what have what has relevance to the plot and then we're gonna sing again Mm-hmm. And then we're gonna kiss and be rudely interrupted by General Broken. Yeah, General Broken is just like, <laughs> I see you kissing, I'm gonna come in here. Ah. General Broken <laughs> saving all the virginity of the women's. Yep. <laughs> um, so then the next day, General Broken is talking with Wallace, and that's when he tells him he wants to go back to the army. Um, but then... Wallace has his own idea, again, to get all the old army buddies in their old regiment gathered there at the show to celebrate. Um, and then we have a, the modern dance choreography song. Just more rehearsal. More dancing. More Danny King. Kane. Key. Key. Danny K. K. Danny K. Doing and, awesomeness. Yeah, and then uh, Wallace 
calls up Ed Harrison, who's this big TV producer in New York, and he wants to put them... Ed, Ed wants to put them on TV, but, uh... He wants well, to do the show at the lodge. He wants to do his... Bring the camera crew and everything up. But Wallace, but Wallace doesn't want to do that because he doesn't want to exploit the poor people, which is the total opposite of what would happen in this day and age. They would totally exploit the poor people. Thank you, reality TV. Yay! But the housekeeper hears only the first part of this conversation, so she definitely thinks that he's there to exploit all the people. And then she conveniently tells... Betty. Betty. And Betty gets upset about that. And then when Betty goes to see Wallace in rehearsal, she gets really upset, and she doesn't want to do the song, and she doesn't want to do the show, actually. So she's just like, bye, I'm leaving. So then... Judy believes that she, that Betty is holding herself back because she's always felt like Betty was her mother hen, and so she can't right do anything. She needs, she believes that she thinks she Judy be- needs to be taken care of first. Yes. So she self-sabotages her relationships. Right. So the Judy and Davis plot again, so they come up with this idea to pretend to be engaged. At the well they they just come up with the idea they don't actually do it yet they say no she comes up with the idea and he like is very mr voice cracks yeah <laughs> very up like confused he's he, he gets very flustered around women yeah around women folk the women folk and then there's a cast party and there's some dancing and a song a song about dancing <laughs> it's the same song about dancing yeah and so when they see that Betty is still upset, they enact the, like, go team plan engagement, you know. <laughs> go go team ring bearer. Yep. Ring bear. Ring bear. <laughs> so then they're like, hey, I'd like to make an announcement. <laughs> We're engaged. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I've lost the ability to, yep. To even? To even. <laughs> Betty gets a ride to the train station from General Broken, and um, and Bing Crosby is there because he's accepting packages and whatnot for their show. And he's like, hey, what are you doing here? And she's, like, getting on the train, and she's like, I gotta go, bye, I got a job, bye. Give this letter to Judy. Yeah, bye. 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 Runs away. Yeah. Well, the train's leaving, and he's like, but I... But I, I was a jerk, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, and, and whatever, uh... No, it's lower than that. It's not Kermit. <laughs> I can't do lower. I can. Uh, there. Give Show me some off. things. Christmas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so the letter's delivered to Judy saying, from... Betty being like, bye, I got a job. I know we didn't want to break up the act, but sorry. Peace out. Bye. Yeah. So, Bing goes to the carousel club where Betty is performing that night to meet the TV guy and to also see Betty. And Betty sings a song about love, and she's got Bernardo as a backup dancer, and he's like, da 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 so, Betty sings a song about love. In her ridiculously huge gloves. Yeah, all the gloves are ugly. 
Well, the red gloves during that choreography song. No, not the choreography. Or was it? Yes, it was the choreography song. Um, looked like the um, Lorax. The the gloves from the uh, the I can't remember his name. The the one slur looks like the one slur's gloves, mm-hmm. but they're all sparkly. It just it's like the weird bunchy up like Susie kind of look. So which looks great on paper, but not in real life. Not advisable. They ugly. Yeah. So. Yeah, she's wearing big-ass, like, silvery, sparkly, diamondy gloves with her awesome mm. black mermaid dress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was I gorgeous. have learned through this podcast that Ashley loves a mermaid dress. She would wear one every day if she could. Probably. I'd probably die from falling, but yes. So, after her performance, Bing Crosby talks to her and wants her to come back. And she's, like, talking to him for a bit, but then she gets really upset when Harrison, the TV guy, shows up because, you know, she's like, oh, I know you're up to bad things. At least that's what she thinks. Yeah. It's not true, but that's what she thinks. So she's like, I I have to go, bye, and then leaves. Runs away in her awesome mermaid dress. Yep. So many people are coming to Vermont. So many. So many people. So many they're not even going to be able to fit in Vermont. I, that's true. Vermont has a limit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, they clearly have to have a visitor limit because they don't like visitors. It's full of hippies. Where would they stay? In the trees. (laughs) With the Keebler elves. In the maple syrup. (laughs) And the Ben and Jerry's. (laughs) King Bernie Sanders. (laughs) That's why he he has his hair sticking up like that. That's his crown. The crown of the people. (laughs) thank you is vermont full of hippies oh no is vermont full of hippies no here's what i found on the web for is vermont full of hippies (laughs) vermont did it say Vermont? Yes. Well, that's true because it's Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Vermont, guys. Vermont. Feel the Vermont. Okay, I found this on the web. First Vermont full of hippies. Oh, it's like a real thing. Okay. I wasn't making it up! Right an hour and a half. (laughs) Oh my god. So Betty comes back. Back to Vermont. (laughs) Do you have something to say? (laughs) I did, but I can't say it. (laughs) Oh, back to the treehouse. To the treehouse. The inn that's in the (laughs) treehouse. That'd be an awesome inn. They exist. Like that. (laughs) In Vermont. (laughs) Like that Christmas movie. That movie does exist. You didn't believe me about Vermont, so. (laughs) Okay. Carry on. So Betty comes back, and everybody's happy, and the general puts his suit back on, and he comes out, and he gets a big standing ovation from his Well, not his suit. His. His his army suit. His army uniform. His army uniform. 
And he comes out to this big standing ovation to all of his old troops. They all showed up. And he starts crying. He literally, well, no, first he is like, y'all are untrained and unfashionable and something, something or another, but I don't care. I, I love you. you. <laughs> he, he does, he has tears and I love, he's general softy now. Yeah. He's fixed. He, he has no problems. He is no longer broken. No. They have fixed his financial situation For it somehow. wasn't his leg, but his heart that was broken. <laughs> And the Christmas magic saved him. <laughs> the magic of the snow, as they would once say. So the men, the men sing that they love him. Yeah, they, they repraise his general, like, we love the old man song. Yeah. And, and Wallace and, and Davis perform their act. And then there's magic snow. It's snowing in Vermont, finally, because Vermont has felt the love and possibly all the CO2 emissions of everybody coming to Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> so it activated something in the clouds. It's acid Global snow. Global warming. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're almost there, Justine. Oh, here's a plot point that was stupid. What's her face? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that the whole movie? <laughs> yes. Um. <laughs> oh, here's one. Another one. Here's an instance. Here's an instance after we've listed like 50. <laughs> Betty puts a secret gift in Santa's sack that Bing Crosby has on his back. And it's to her from him. It's to him <laughs> from her. Thanks, Lucy. <laughs> um, no, because he like opens it in a second and he's just like, yay! But it kind of happens semi-off screen. I don't know. I don't remember this. See, yeah, see, you had to be, like, really watching for him to open the present. Um, so, the, yeah, they get to the Christmas part of the show, finally. First it was, like, the army show, then it became the Christmas show, with the, the little ballerinas dancing, and then they sing in White Christmas again. And then they all, cri- they, they kiss behind the tree. And this was the 1954's most successful film. <laughs> the end. The end. I love how you just, like, blew through that and just added that random note in that we probably should have known at the beginning of watching this movie, because expectations would have been high. And five stars. I My expectations were not high. They were not. I didn't know it was going to be, like, a full-on musical, but then when they, like, started singing and everything, I was like, oh, it's going to be a musical. Cool. Awesome. We're going to love this like we loved On the Town. And then we didn't. Nope. Being Crosby it was, like, was not. On the Town's, like, misfit younger brother. This was the misfit toy of movies. Yes. Yeah. Um, there's some interesting stuff if you go to the Wikipedia page. It was one of the first that started uh, experimenting with different types of sound um, that actually had a left channel, a right channel, and a center channel. Ooh. But, but we didn't get to hear that. No, because there has never actually been um, the original film and its backup film with its original sound stock was lost in a fire. Film is very flammable. Yes, very flammable. Um, so the only backup that they had of this was on a magnetic tape, which if you watch the version that's on Netflix, you can 
if you've had experience looking for these types of distortions, you will definitely notice that it came from a tape transfer yeah. as opposed to a film transfer. Yeah, yeah. Like, we saw it right away and we're like, that's a tape. Yeah. <laughs> good. We've got good eyes. <laughs> well, we are looking for it every day of yeah. our careers. Yes. Um, but, yeah, that I thought that was pretty interesting about the sound. That, I mean... I. I've taken, I think we take sound for granted now mm-hmm. because we have so All many All they can do is just add more channels and speakers or whatnot. There's nothing yeah. new. So it's interesting because, you know, this is the dawn of the television age. So to not have a three-channel mix, in my mind, I was just like, oh, I thought that would have happened like in the 30s mm-hmm. or something like that. But no, this is still, they're still playing around with anything. I think 5.1 didn't come out until the 90s, actually. Right. Yeah. So, to me, like, that's insane. Like, I never thought of that. So, yay, research. Yay! So Learning more than we learned in film school. We love film school. No, we learned a lot in film school. This is how we're so judgy right now. I know. So, that's all the trivia I have. Okay, then I guess it's time to rate this movie okay i'm gonna rate this movie two ugly gloves that's a good one i'm going to rate it two and a half. Ooh, wow mermaid dresses that is it gets it gets the extra half because it was not the christmas movie that i expected it was oh there you go <laughs> it was a army movie it was an army movie it was a movie about vaudeville or something it was just... It was a movie about the stage. The performers, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. the producers. Yeah, you said it was yeah. the producers with the Christmas movie tacked on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so next week on the show, we'll be watching 1956's High Society. No, you have to say it. Oh, High Society. High Society. High Society. <laughs> Yes, you have to say it like you like have tobacco in your mouth. No, 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 no. Yep, exactly. <laughs> totally understood what you were saying. Okay, guys, thanks for listening. You can um, hear more of our episodes and download them on our website, thecutaways.com. And you can comment and rate us and subscribe to us on iTunes. Definitely subscribe if you want us to show up automatically for you every Wednesday. And you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Cutaways Podcast. It's on Twitter. Come talk to us. Interact. Let us know what you think. Interact so that we feel like we are not the only ones interacting with each other. Bye! Bye! (laughs)